I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, we have a great episode lined up for you this week. We're talking to the voice behind the ACLU's compassionately snarky, always woke social media account. We wanted to let you know that we did record this interview before the president's latest round of tomfoolery with the second Muslim ban, but the tools and strategies we discussed are still incredibly relevant. We hope you enjoy the episode. Can't wait to hear from you. Joy Marie. And I'm Courtney. This is Job Logs. Welcome back. Welcome to another week. Yes, another episode. Group (laughs) chat girlfriends, your career confidants. And we have an exciting show lined up for you. We're talking about social media and amplifying our voices with one of the loudest voices on social media right now. Yes, Diana Scholl from the Mm -hmm. ACLU. So definitely stay tuned. It's going to be a really good episode. But first, y'all know we like to start these with a clock in, check it in personally, professionally, see how we're doing. Mm-hmm. Courtney, what is going on? Um, not, it's kind of, well, there is stuff going on, <laughs> but mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but right now I'm exercising patience. Okay. I have a lot of things in the queue. Yes. And so I'm just learning to, patience is hard. It is. So it's like not getting attached to like the potentials, mm. but also being very positive mm. and still like working on other, it's hard. Yeah, girl, I hear but, that. Yeah. I hear that. It's a blessing to have things to be patient for. That is true. So. Perspective. Yes. I love it. What okay, about some you? more to come. Um, spring is here, so I'm happy, well, should spring be here i don't know but the allergies are kicking in i'm congested <laughs> so it's here global warming is real y'all mm. but um yeah i mean i'm excited i love the change in seasons i love spring i love the warmer weather and so it's kind of reinvigorating me in general um i have to say i feel like i have been tried in the month of february <laughs> this black history month. i don't you know it's coming from all directions and i do believe there are seasons where sometimes mm-hmm. we are under attack and our souls and spirits you know are under what? attack. You know what? That's so real. Because I really felt like 2016, I call them valleys. Mm. <laughs> it was a valley. Mm-hmm. But the thing about valleys, eventually they rise to, yep. to get to that peak. Yeah. So, you know, we don't got to get into it, into it. But yeah. I definitely feel like. I am in a space where I need to prioritize my mental well-being a little bit more intentionally. Mm -hmm. And I need to just, uh, like Sakita says, guard my energy. Um, And and what I can control is how I react to the perpetrators who are trying me on a daily basis. But we'll leave it there. More to come maybe in the next couple months. We'll see. Okay. (laughs) All right. Keep a list. Yes, yes. But, um, yeah, you ready to get into this? The show. Let's do it. All right, guys. So, rants, rants, and reviews. We're spotlighting things that are helping or hindering our, you know, work, professional, adult lives. Mm-hmm. So, Joy, are you, what you doing? 
I am raving today. Yes, I'm raving and being resourceful and positive. Um, But I'm raving about The Muse newsletter. So if you guys aren't familiar with The Muse, not to be confused with The Muse Brooklyn, home of working New York City circus professionals. What? Hold on, what? (laughs) (laughs) The Muse is a career website. It's a resource. They have job coaches. They have daily articles. What I'm raving about specifically is their newsletter. Okay. Their newsletter I get in my inbox uh, pretty much every day sometimes Mm -hmm. multiple times a day and it is just an incredible resource as we're thinking about this career thing and navigating and figuring out our paths so some examples of recent newsletters i've received that i absolutely love are like they'll do things like 20 companies that'll give you unbelievable career opportunities Mm. i also love that they'll do like if you um you know 20 companies like Google that get you the same sorts of benefits and innovation, but you know, that might not be on your radar. So they put a lot of like other types of companies. They profile a lot of like roles, employees, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Tips on writing cold emails, um, career coaches, like I mentioned, company spotlights. So it's just, if you love job blogs, like definitely check out the muse. It's a very comprehensive machine of a career resource it's it's huge it's massive so definitely check it out themuse.com okay i will what are you doing i am raving about i stole this from sakita's second shout out episode (laughs) from hashtags and stilettos yes um she mentioned the nike training club app Mm. on instagram so i decided to try it for my new year, new me. You know, she's been on that every morning. Yeah, I'm not there. I, but... watch, I watch the snaps from my bed. Like, but I really like this app. Okay, see, my mm-hmm. problem with fitness is this. Okay. I don't have a gym. Mm. And I the gym is too far for me to justify <laughs> the membership. Yes. So, I've like, how can I, like, keep fit with, like, no resources. Mm. And the app does this. What you do, once you log in, you tell them, like, how much equipment you have. Oh. You tell them, like, how often you exercise. Mm. And you tell them, like, what your goal is. Do you want okay. strength? Do you want to be lean? Blah, blah, blah. So then you can do, it has, like, a catalog of workouts to choose from, or it will oh. make a plan for you. So I nice. say, oh, I want to exercise three times a week. Mm. And it'll generate plans based off, like, how well you do on mm. each workout. And all of your preferences. Wow. So it's really great. I have no equipment. So it tells me (laughs) like, okay, girl, what you're about to do. And like the first week could not move. Like it works. So it's a workout. Yeah, it works. Like it's all about the the, the planks (laughs) and the the push-ups and all of that. So I really like it. If Even if you, like, have a routine and you just Mm kind of want to shake it up Mm. with different um, types of exercises, I recommend it. Love it. I will check it out. Yes. Awesome. On November 9th, 2016... At approximately 11.29 a.m. Oh, you're doing this. <laughs> tweeted, should President-elect Donald Trump attempt to implement his unconstitutional campaign promises, we'll see him in court. And see him in court they did. 
Today, we are so lucky to be joined by the voice of the ACLU all over the internet, Diana Scholl. Welcome, Welcome Diana. Welcome, Diana. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Yes. So, Diana, you're the social media manager yes. at the ACLU. Your work there has focused heavily on LGBT rights, immigrant rights, voting rights, and disability rights. For those who are unfamiliar listening in today, what is the ACLU and what is the mission of it? So the ACLU stands for the American Civil Liberties Union. We were founded in 1920, and we protect people's rights as guaranteed under the Constitution. Awesome. And so what does that mean? So <laughs> it means that we all have certain uh, inalienable rights, not even just as Americans, but yeah. as people who are in America. Um, and the ACLU makes sure that those are protected. And those, um, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't want to say yeah, things that are of course, but um, that are off. But we say that, so when you look at the Constitution, there's a right to free speech, there's a right to due process, there's a right to um, right to vote. Yeah. All these things are basic rights that we have as Americans, and we make sure that the that our, we hold our government accountable to mm. make sure that people are able to have those rights. So I'm the social media manager, so I oversee all of our social media properties, which right now is Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, and we have a presence on Reddit as well. So I oversee all that to make sure that people in the world know um, what we're doing, um, what their rights are, and how they can plug in to help. Um, in my previous, I've been at the ACLU for four years, and in my previous role, I was a communication strategist. So I focused more generally on messaging around mm -hmm. a, a subset of our issues, um, LGBT rights, immigrants' rights, voting rights, disability rights. But right now, I'm covering the waterfront um, of everything that the ACLU works on. Nice. nice. So I want you to take us back to that <laughs> fateful weekend <laughs> when the Muslim ban came down and the airport protests were happening. And just, I feel like, was it like chaos like in the office? Or did you get, well, first of all, did you guys know that that was coming? Like, were you preparing for it beforehand? Yeah, so we seem to have sources that are, have an idea, okay, like when the executive orders are coming yeah. down, okay, that seems like this may be coming down today, you know, and it's not perfect, but we seem to have an idea, so we plan in advance. Actually, that Friday, I had, so I'd been working straight for a week because I worked on Saturday of the Women's March, so I was in right, so I'm right. like, I need to take a day off, so I took off Friday, <laughs> and luckily, I have great people working with me. I brought in someone named Emily, who has been really wonderful with social media voice, so she was working on Friday. I did I mean, I'm a workaholic, so when I saw the Muslim <laughs> ban came down, I still, like, you know, popped yeah. in. Yeah. I, was, I was, like, 4.30, so I yeah. popped in then, and it was, like, you know, talking to people that, mm -hmm. like, I think we should say it like this or whatever. But thankfully, I took that day off because then <laughs> the next day I woke up at – I woke up Saturday morning, you know, checked my email, um, and – ACLU lawyers, as well as coalition partners, had already sued on behalf of mm. two Iraqi refugees who were um, who were stuck at the airport yeah. um, in, in JFK. Yeah. So right away, um, we start creating content. We have media people who were alerting press. We had people who were working on blog posts, all that. So we had content coming out. And then I heard about the JFK protest. Actually, the first person I heard it from was someone I went to high school with who I connected with on Facebook because <laughs> she works with, I'm actually not totally sure her job, but she works with Muslim refugees. So mm. we could, we weren't even Facebook friends before, but yeah. we connected during this. Yeah. So she told me this protest was happening. So I tweeted it out from the ACLU and then it started getting attention. And at some point, maybe noon or so, I was like, I should probably go to JFK. It seemed like mm. that's where things were happening. And luckily I'm in New York. So I was like, I was supposed to bake that day, but I'm like, I can, I can, I can <laughs> do something else. a little else. more important. Yeah, my, 
boss. I'm like, should I go to JFK? I'm like, I was gonna bake. My boss is like, I'll buy you bake cookies. Right. So <laughs> I we can get you some. Yeah, cookies, well, girl. it's okay. Yeah. Um. So I go to JFK and. It was incredible. So I get there, let's say, 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. Already there were protests outside. Um, and inside, our lawyers were waiting for – one of the clients had already been released. Um, mm. And we were waiting for Y'all our client. Yeah, right? Um, so we – one of the clients had been released and others were still there. Um, so we are waiting for our one client plus other people. So there was a whole team of lawyers literally just sitting on the floor at JFK, Terminal 4, we, you know, mm. getting information, fielding mm. calls. It's um, amazing. It was amazing. And then outside was this incredible protest. So first of all, I might keep saying, like, I mean, you guys live in New York. It's like no one wants to go to JFK. So right, the fact ever. that ever, ever, <laughs> ever, right? And then also, like, uh, like a few months ago, if you asked someone to go to a protest down the street, they'd be mm. like, mm, kind of yeah. tired, you know? So the fact that everyone came to JFK, had this incredible protest, and so I get there. I just start Facebook living right away, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not – like video is not my expertise. I was had the backs of people's heads. But mm. everyone is, you know, usually we do a Facebook live. Yeah. People are like the sound, like you know, yeah. the sounds off, blah blah. blah. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone was just so into it because they right. wanted to feel a part of it. Right. Thank you for being there. Thank yeah. you for showing us the back of people's heads. And this heads. was all through the ACLU yes. handles. Exactly, okay. all through ACLU's channels. So that starts, um, you know, live tweeting, Facebook living, doing Instagramming, and then going back and forth from inside, talking to the lawyers inside, and the protests. And then while this is happening, protests start bubbling across the country. So um, Emily and my other um, a staffer who I work with, Pooj, he and um, some of the other team were, you know, at their, it was a Saturday, so yeah. every, they were all at their homes working. Um, and we had a couple other people at JFK. We had a photographer come and one of my other colleagues. Let me ask, what were, like, what was the goal in being there besides, you know, needing to be there to be a part of it and to um, kind of, like, advocate for what was going on on the ground? Yeah. What is What is your strategy? Because what I hear you saying a lot of is, like, you guys are you're in the field, you're down to be there real time, mm-hmm. you react, you push the messages mm-hmm. out in real time, which I think a lot of big organizations and even nonprofits struggle with. Mm-hmm. Like they want to have everything approved, they want to have mm-hmm. everything vetted, you know, let's not go to Facebook Live mm-hmm. yet, what is the message? Like what are we gonna say? Who are we gonna allow to be on there? So what is the thinking from the ACLU, yeah. ACLU and in your role around like being timely, being relevant yeah. and engaging? people and what's going yeah. on. And that's one of the things I'm most proud of that I've been able to help implement. It, you know, I'm a child of the internet. I understand mm-hmm, how the right. internet works. Mm-hmm. I know that in 12 hours, no one will care, you know? Mm-hmm. Not no one will come. That's not fair about the Muslim man. People are still caring, you yeah, know? But, but in general. In general, like, cause this is just an anecdote from, do you remember that, the dress thing that happened? Yes, um, the yeah. blue dress. So that was when the I was, gold dress. exactly, that, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, that, well, still, you know, those tensions are not yeah. But that was when I was, in my previous role as a communication strategist. And we were just kind of joking, like, what's the ACLU take? And then I just, what did I say? I was like, um, we all have a right to our opinion. We do not have, I mean, we all see the world differently. We don't have the right to discriminate people based on those beliefs. <laughs> and I, like, our graphic designer put it together really fast, and we did it. And I was just running around the office just saying, "In if we wait half an hour, this will be over. Yeah. We're going to miss yeah. our moment. We need to do this now. Yeah. So yeah. I was just kind of like, we're doing this right now, or else we missed our moment. So yeah. we, we got that up. And I think I've become, by proving, you know, like success is the best defense, I guess. Yeah. Like by proving yeah. that by catching these waves, it's yeah. that's how we remain relevant and that's how I give people information. Take so note. yes. So <laughs> we so with JFK it was I wanted to show people what was happening. 
on the ground, um, talk to our lawyers. I was hoping that we would be there when the client emerged, but mm. that didn't happen. He was in another terminal, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was the original goal. Um, but also the fact that this protest was happening and yeah. showing people, and I think everyone wants to feel a part of it, feel included, and, I, and just showing people what was happening, even if they weren't able to go. Yeah. And I also think, not just me, but everyone who was showing these protests, it was the impetus for then protests at airports across the country. Yes, yes, so then this, absolutely. So then these started because people saw what was happening at JFK. Yeah. They got FOMO. No, but like they... <laughs> no, but that's they, why visibility is yeah, so important for these things absolutely. and coverage of them. And the people were at airports across the country. So we... And then we had people, Emily and my team, in at and Pooj and Jen who were at home, they were retweeting... Um, they were retweeting these other airports mm-hmm. and affiliates mm-hmm. across the country. Yeah. So they were doing the same thing. And it was able to, you know, magnify and show this was something that was happening yeah. across the country. And then at night, so this case moved very fast. We yeah. filed the case in the morning. And luckily for us, this all happened in New York where our headquarters are. So right. um, Molly, who is our multimedia person, she found out that, I think even just, she told me recently, someone just offhanded like, oh yeah, it's going to be happening soon at mm-hmm. Admin Plaza. So this is a court case. So yeah. she goes down there um, to, to video and photograph um, a, as you know, do social media. And also I tell people on the ACLU channels, this is happening. We need to show a crowd because judges are people too. Judges yeah. want to know yeah. that what the impact of what, yeah. you know, what their decisions are. Yep. So um, while I'm actually just leaving JFK around 9 p.m. when I'm in the, like I'm in a car going home and I see that the decision comes down. Mm-hmm. So we know we're working and yeah. getting all together. And Molly got a video of um, the lawyer on the case, Legal Learned, and our executive director, Anthony D. Romero, and that got 15 million views wow. on Facebook. Come I think, on. Isn't that insane? It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, I think we did the numbers. I'll get it wrong. But, like, it's, like, triple the size of people who watch Friday – what's that? Like, Monday Night Football. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. It's insane. That it is. is. You know? And I wonder, too, like, how is it different with this explosion of interest in – um, the ACLU and what you do because I know when I've done like freelance projects in like the social mm-hmm. justice area when you're in that world on social there's something happening every day yeah but no one, no pays, one pays attention uh, so kind of like what's different now that everyone's watching mm. it's insane <laughs> I so I, yeah, I've been doing this work before and I'm like we've been doing great work for yeah. a long time you know and people just weren't paying attention which is I'm not blaming the world you know there's only so <laughs> yeah. much you can pay attention yeah. to at a time but it's interesting knowing, yeah, knowing all the amazing things that are happening, and then now to have such a lens on us, like people read, like people in the, I'm say, oh, I'm ACLU social media manager, and they'll tell me tweets I said, you know, yeah. like it's weird. <laughs> it's like the, or there's people who are like, like I just met up with these women at a nonprofit who like, like oh my god, I want to get lunch with you, and it was mm, awesome, you know. Yeah. But it's funny that like this. Like, I'm yeah. just myself, right? But yeah. then it's... What's coming. Yeah. And, and you, you've been doing this since, yeah. I mean, what were you doing two yeah. days before the, <laughs> Exactly, right? Like, yeah. I, and it, yeah, and it's funny because right after the election, we had a burst of attention and mm. donations and all that, and we were so busy, and I didn't know what busy was, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting. And also, I think we're really conscious of the ACLU has gotten a lot of attention, deservedly, but also making sure we're elevating the small or grassroots yeah. groups that are doing yeah. the work because mm-hmm. often the big groups take up a lot of space. So. Yeah. We've started a list on Twitter of other groups working on the Muslim ban and mm, immigration, awesome. and just so we can elevate those smaller, yeah. those um, less pro- 
high profile voices. Yeah, mm-hmm. but back to your point of success as sort of the strongest mm-hmm. defense, like mm-hmm. you spoke a little bit about donations. I mean, mm. I loved what I saw, not just in terms of attention oh, yeah. to your platforms and to the messages you were pushing out, but people started matching, like celebrities would say, I'm like, donating to the mm-hmm. ACLU, oh, yeah. and folks would match those donations. And that was phenomenal to see as a it's movement. Amazing. Um, and really, even like being on my Twitter feed, I was like, well, I'm donating right yeah. now too. I'm like, I want to get in on this. So it's insane. I and I, I forgot that part. That's a huge part of what happened that day. So I was a yeah. I was a JFK, <laughs> and I was just you know in the field in the zone. Um, but luckily, uh, my team and folks I worked with were at their computers at home, so they were monitoring this and elevating the celebrities who were doing this. But it was very organic. Chris yeah. Saka mm-hmm. had done it. He. Um, had done it once before after, I think around Christmas, he did this matching thing. And then he did it again. I don't know if he was the first one, but then Sia did it. And then all yeah. these folks were doing it. And it was very organic. It yeah. was all, people were sending screenshots of their yep. donations mm-hmm. and showing that they donated. And we raised $24 million online wow. that weekend. It's Are amazing. you serious? It's insane. That's and not, incredible. In a normal, we have like, you know, foundations and different donors. Yeah. But yeah. in a normal year, I believe we raised $9 million online the whole year. What? I used to email, <laughs> it's insane. I used to email my development counterpart mm-hmm. and I got like, oh look, there are $3,000 from <laughs> social today. Like, look yeah. what I'm doing. Now it's like millions from social in a day. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So I wonder how do you stay because I can't even imagine, like, what do your notifications look oh. like when you log into that account? So, like, how do you, like, stay streamlined and know, like, what to amplify, mm-hmm. what matters, what doesn't? So, yeah, so I was doing it mostly alone until the election. Um, I have someone great, Pooj, who does the content at work, mm-hmm. and he does, like, scheduling. But I was the one who was, like, checking all the messages and all the notifications. Mm-hmm. And the head of my department just saw me on a Friday afternoon. She's like... She just saw how tired I looked. She's mm-hmm. like, you need help. Let's get you help. <laughs> so I brought in um, this woman, Emily, who's been amazing. And now she reads all the messages and oh, all nice. the comments. So I don't have to. Um, and sorts through that. She sorts through them and, and flags the high-level things. Because mm-hmm. that, that takes that's so much awesome. time. And I yeah. really do think that's an important thing. Because I think people need to know, if they're reaching out to the ACLU, that someone's going to see what they're yeah. saying. You know, because it's, yeah. it's a direct line to us. Yep. So that's really important. But I also think... Um, yeah, if I was the one doing that, I couldn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what are the skills? Because I think a lot of us think like, oh, I'm great at social. Yeah. Like, I'm really good at Twitter or Instagram or I take awesome pictures. What are the real skills needed to, like, operate effectively in that role? I know both you and Courtney are in social media full time. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love to know, like, really what are the transferable skills and what should people be thinking about highlighting yeah. if they're interested in pursuing yeah. a role in so, social? So it's interesting for me. So I'm 31. So I was in college when Facebook started, right? So it mm-hmm. wasn't a career. It's not like I'm going to be a social media yeah. professional. And then my first job was at Housing Works where I um, started our Facebook and Twitter feed because that's what, like, you know, the young person on staff, they always yeah. are the yeah. one who did that. And that was the old model. And yeah. now it's a 
you know, now intern. it's a career. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even some people still comment, they're like, oh, this intern. I'm like, oh, do you, yeah. un- you don't understand the current model <laughs> of social media. So I think I just understand the internet. I live on the internet. I... Um, so I started a project six years ago called years ago We Are the Youth, where we mm-hmm. share the stories of LGBT youth. I started that with a friend of mine, and mm-hmm. who takes photos, and I, anyway, so and I um, interview youth. But mm-hmm, yeah. social media has been a big part of that. So I think that was a great way to kind of understand the different platforms. But I also think it's just understanding the people of the internet. Like Twitter mm-hmm. has a very certain sensibility, mm-hmm. and. I get that sensibility because I'm one of them. Yeah. So I think it's just talking to people. And I think, so when people say how great our social media has been, a lot of times they're talking about Twitter because we put a lot mm. into Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. But Facebook is very different. Like, they don't yeah. they don't get they don't get my humor on yeah. Facebook, you know? Like, I'll make <laughs> They don't a, get me. They don't get me. Just like, the facts. I'll, I'll, get it. I'll, make, I'll make a joke and be like, what? And I'm like, no, I was no. making a joke. It's not, like, really, you know? So Facebook, it's its, its own skill set. It's yeah. making sure a lot of it, and Pooch, who works with me, um, does a lot of that with timing and making sure the photos look good mm-hmm. and making sure we're, like, giving the right content. Yeah. So that is its own skill set. Yeah. Um, and that's something I've been learning. Um, and as well, like, what you put, we have an advertising budget, like, what you right. put money behind. Yeah. So yeah. that's more the Facebook skill set. Yeah. The Twitter skill set, a lot of it is just voice. Mm. Like, saying things, like, you can tweet as much as you want, I think. I mean, I haven't <laughs> found a, it doesn't see, like, Facebook, we really limit how many posts we do a day yeah. because yeah. they only show people one thing at a right. time, you know? But Twitter, just keep going. And a yeah. lot of it's, I, I just said this in an interview before, like, someone asked me what my voice is, and I said, um, a colleague said this to me is compassionate to the point and a little bit snarky mm-hmm. and people kind of like the little yeah. bit snarky yeah. you have to and how did you kind of cultivate that voice mm-hmm. so it started before the election when less people were watching which mm-hmm. was kind of nice yes. I, so I mean we still had like you know we had 200,000 followers which is a lot but it's not a million which yeah. is what we have now and or maybe we had 300,000 but anyway I just remember I would I just kind of understand a little bit what the internet wants so like someone mm-hmm. would say something I wish the ACLU, like, I'd give money to the ACLU to, like, ban all Christians from this country or something like that. And I was, and it was, and I, like, just send a gif. Like, that's not how it works. That's not yeah. how any of this works. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And people freak out because uh-huh. it's the ACLU talking yeah. to, like, a person. Yeah. 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 And also someone said something about, like, we wrote something about Japanese internment. And someone's like, oh, that was FDR. I'm like, exactly. And I just wrote, like, like I quoted that tweet. I was like, yeah. exactly. That's why we were one of the few groups that opposed um, internment. Mm-hmm. And, and I like, did a link to that. Yeah. like, oh, my yeah. God, ACLU. Yeah. So I kind of knew people really, people like. People love a clap back. People love, exactly. Yeah. People love the clap backs. And it's like, oh, my God. And the people who are on Twitter. I used to. My view of Twitter's changed a lot. I used mm-hmm. to view it a lot more just reaching influencers mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and Facebook reaching the masses. But now I realize if something gets to this high level of a tweet, then it reaches everyone because yeah. then it gets yeah. in the news stories yeah. and people yeah. are sharing it on their yeah. Facebook feeds. Um, yeah. So I use Twitter to – yeah, I mean, there's definitely – more clapping back on Twitter than any platforms. And then Instagram's been fun for us because that was really new. We had like 9,000 followers before the election. Now we have 200,000. So, and because with all the protests, we've been able to elevate a lot of these great pictures and videos that are happening. And it's a great way to elevate those. Yeah. So some things I'm hearing you say that really don't have much to do with social media in and of itself, Mm -hmm. but like as transferable skill sets Mm -hmm. are one, like still crafting stories. Mm, yes. Um, I think paying attention to what your audience is reacting to mm-hmm. and then like pivoting based on that. Mm-hmm. So not keeping like one static approach just because you were in a meeting and said this is gonna be our approach exactly. for the year. Yeah. But really being able to adapt and change based on what yes. you're getting back from I people. Think, I think being nimble and also I think, so being nimble, um, 
following what's happening, like, and this is something I've said since the mm-hmm. beginning, um, is seeing the conversations people want to have. And mm-hmm. right now, like, ACLU is in a insane position that the conversation people want to have is about the ACLU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't have to really stretch. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like the dress, right? Yeah. Or we have to yeah. stretch <laughs> to get in that message. Here yeah. we are. The co- And that was what was crazy about the Muslim ban. That was the first time I remember us being the conversation. Not yeah. part of the conversation, but yeah. the conversation. Yeah. Um, but then also what you said, like, one thing I realized, so I'm – we did these like personality tests at work, and I'm someone who <laughs> I, love I, yeah, I do too. And like some people are very conscientious about mistakes, and mm-hmm. I'm not like necessarily. I mean, I'm very conscious about accuracy, mm-hmm. but like as far as a typo, like I don't freak out if yeah. I if there's a typo. Yeah. And like, that's yeah. interesting. So like, and I did a thing I wrote, but because I feel like you can correct those mistakes in a way. Like I wrote, okay, I don't this. So I wrote whoa w o a h, and then someone's like, we wrote back, I love you, the ACLU, but that's not how you spell whoa. And then, so I've gotten to know people Mary- love, like, yes, that. people, I love it. people love. Are we gonna, they, they are. I'm like really like okay. They, thanks. Um, I'm glad that you're really focused on this. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. We love all our followers. Um, but I've gotten to know um, through this process. I've gotten to know the woman who does Marion Webster's Twitter. Oh, she's oh, great! She's amazing. Amazing. Just, so now, follow the dictionary. Follow the dictionary. Marion Webster's handle. Marion Webster. She oh. is amazing. So I actually just got drinks with her last week, and <laughs> we're we were like instant friends. It was like we're real the, person. Real person. I we, love she's it. amazing. She was actually an. You should have her on. She was actually an English PhD, and then left that uh-huh. program. So she yeah. knows all English these. PhD. Yeah. So she's amazing. So anyway, I connected with her. Um, on the internet, and so I, when people were like, whoa, whoa, I'm like, what about, I'm like, hey, Mary, like, at Mary Webster, help us out here, and then they said, she wrote back as Mary Webster, like, we don't have that as a definition, but you have your right to say, which is like a very ACLU thing. I love it. Love her. So then I wrote back, like, love you, and again, like, love you is like a thing no one would have written before yeah. me, right? But that's like a Diana ACLU voice. Yeah. So then Mashable wrote a story about that exchange. What? And like, Marianne Webster's gotten her own attention because she's been so awesome on Twitter. So like, that anecdote was mentioned in like, a story in the New York Times, right? Yeah. So only was, the internet. Right, only the internet. It's <laughs> only such an internet, internet story, right? Uh-huh. And also, I, I think that. people are looking for some happy stories in this yeah. New York yeah. time. Yeah. But Absolutely. also, that's an example of me taking a mistake. Like, I did spell woe wrong. That's not how you spell <laughs> it. Um, but me taking this mistake and turning it into something that was, I mean, as they say in the biz, earned media, like, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I also like that you guys really seem to treat your social media channels like you are a media platform. Mm-hmm. So in a way that because a lot of times I didn't see a lot of the protest coverage happening mm-hmm. on my television. Like most mm. of it was like they were just talking about the most random thing. Yeah. And I'm like, do you guys not? And that's why, like, again, I a typo, not the end of the world. But accuracy is very yes. important. And we have the whole like what I actually just said this as well. Like it's not just me on a Twitter feed. Like yeah, the snark is me, but as well as the people I work with. But the information we have a whole team mm. of lawyers like mm. i have access to all the aclu lawyers and advocates mm. and lobbyists so i yeah. can just email them and say hey is this accurate can yeah. you tell yeah. or like fyi we're getting a lot of people who are like emily who works for me she'll tell me a lot of people are flagging this thing is this something mm. we can respond to so mm. then we'll email our lawyers or lobbyists and say is this something we can respond yeah. to yeah. so it's a constant process and i wanted to for those of us who don't have a team of lawyers <laughs> And, you know, we want to use our social media for good to amplify the right things. Any tips Mm -hmm. on kind of navigating that and not adding to the Mm -hmm. problem of misinformation? Alternative facts. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great question. It's hard. Um, It is. 
I think just figuring out who the trusted sources are, mm-hmm. and that is a hard process. There's an article that I can I can send after, or maybe we put on. <laughs> it was like how to figure out what's real news and what's mm-hmm. what's fake news. Although now that term is like banned because that's the most ridiculous. Like when oh, once yeah. Trump has used fake news to describe real news, it yeah. means nothing. Stay woke, y'all. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I. But I think just figuring out what it is, because I've even noticed sometimes like reporters will tweet things that are not accurate, and I'll right. like, correct yeah. the record, you know. So it's. Because I think everyone's moving so fast, um, yeah. and it's just making sure that. So I don't know. I think it's figuring out the trusted sources like, and who you trust. Looking at multiple sources, mm-hmm. trying to find primary sources on um, when you can. Mm-hmm. Like, w- was this a legal document? Was this, a, you know? And if mm-hmm. you don't understand what a word is, like going to someone or going to Merriam Webster. My yeah. I'll shout out my friend Merriam Webster. <laughs> I just follow her. Their legal dictionary. Uh, you know, we're looking uh-huh. at different things and like you know seeing what. Yeah, I guess trying, and again, sometimes that takes a little longer, but that Mm. I'm willing to wait for, you know? Like, I won't wait. I don't like waiting for stupid things, right? Like, I don't like waiting for things that I shouldn't have to wait for, but when it's about accuracy in people's lives, that's worth double-checking. Yeah. So, Diana, what is next for you guys? What is the new Muslim ban every day in Trump's administration? But what should we be listening out for, looking out for, supporting? Yeah. So there's probably going to be another Muslim ban. So as you guys may have heard, so, oh, so the ACLU, I think we said the day of, our lawsuit put the, um, our lawsuit said that no one could be deported. But then Mm. there have been multiple lawsuits. And the most, um, the one that got the farthest went to the U.S. Appeals Court, and that put the Muslim ban on hold. Mm-hmm. But then Trump's advisor, not Steve Bannon, who's the other one, Steve Miller, he just said the next one's going to be really similar to the first one. Mm. So I tweeted out, then our response will be really similar. Um, so wait for that. Well, that's supposed to come next week. Um, nice. Then, so that's something. Um, we just saw last week, we're very focused on, um, so the Obama administration had issued really great directives for transgender students mm-hmm. that... Yeah. Um, they can use the bathroom of the gender they identify with. And then one of the first things they, um, Sessions and DeVos did was change that. So now that's not in place. That still mean that doesn't mean um, that, like, it just means the guidance isn't there. Yeah. It, it, we, like the law, mm-hmm. excuse me, the law is still the same. So we have an ongoing case on behalf of Gavin Grimm, who is a transgender student in um, Virginia who's incredible. And he just literally wanted to go to the bathroom and he Mm. contacted his ACLU. And now he's going to the Supreme Court on March 28th. And if, you know, if Obama had been president, you know, we'd be on the same side. And it would have been um, the school versus Mm. us and Obama. But now it's going to be the school and versus us. And I don't know and the, the administration, I'm not exactly sure what their position is. So that's a big one. That's oral arguments are going to be at the Supreme Court March 28th. And then deportations are Mm -hmm. a big thing that's happening. And we were trying to get more information. Um, We've disseminated a lot of know your rights information Mm -hmm. about what to Mm -hmm. do if ICE comes to your door. Um, And I just think as for people who are not directly impacted, I think it's just making sure that you know what's happening, that you're supporting people who are, you're Mm -hmm. supporting your communities. And yeah, that we're all kind of in this together. Awesome. I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Diana, for joining us. This was amazing. We'll look forward to more to come from the ACLU. Welcome to Ask Job Logs. This is the segment of the show where we get to address your career and life questions. As you know, you can hit us up anytime at joblogs.com slash askjoblogs. Now you can also ring up our sallies mm-hmm. at 
1090 leave us a voicemail and we'll get right back to you all right so i have our first question yes a little lengthy we love these letters okay (laughs) okay you guys are letting us know everything that's going on so this is from alex and they say this time last year i was so excited because i utilized your interview questions guidebook and got a job i was really stoked about Fast forward to 11 months at this job where I'm currently questioning if this is the right place for me or if I'm acting too entitled. My dilemma, the background, my background is in journalism and my extracurriculars for some time now have included a blog of my own and activism and organizing. My current nine to five is social media and communications for a nonprofit, so I thought this would be the perfect mashup. However, when the la- within the last couple months, I'm finding that I spend more time on admin tasks and tracking things in spreadsheets and storytelling and social like I had hope. Today, my boss gave me one more thing to track, and I broke down into tears of frustration. Aww. I'm laughing at the one more thing. Not your tears. <laughs> Just to be clear. Um, I have tried multiple times to prove my abilities. Like, hey, I do X, Y, Z outside of the job, but it hasn't been enough, I guess. I don't get to use my brain, and I am not a part of the strategy conversations. Two things I need to thrive and feel valued in the workplace. So the job is just draining the energy, leaving her with left time and motivation to work in the things she's passionate about. My job pays my bills and I can work from home every day, but I don't know if it's worth how I'm feeling when I open my inbox and task list. On the other hand, this is only my second job post-grad, so I wonder, am I just whining and I just have to deal and pay my professional dues? Mm. Couple things in here, couple things in here. So it sounds like the dilemma is really, you have this job, that you know you were promised as a social media activism job mm-hmm. you're clocking in every day you're not doing that you're doing administrative stuff you have talked to your boss about well, it well i mean not technically listening. tracking is part of a social media job so it's not like you're they missold you the mm, job interesting analytics Tell and tracking is a part of social media it's okay. not all like writing yeah snappy copy interesting so let's be let's do we have a clear. disconnect here <laughs> do we have a disconnect here yeah i mean I don't know. So, uh, so Courtney, you're in social, actually. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's an interesting point because are we just like, is this just a disconnect in terms of expectation? Alex, I think that maybe not ask the right questions I about think what the day to day was going to look be. like, or maybe okay. there wasn't like a direct. Like one thing I always ask when I do job is like, what's in the pie? Like, what's the percentage mm. of each duty oh, divided up with the pie? Question. That's what I, I like to ask. Because mm. you can say, like, oh, this is storytelling and analytics. But how much? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what our case is. Okay. So I think, one, is the opportunity to strengthen your skills in that area, even if you don't really love the tracking. Mm-hmm. When you go to your next job, you can say, like, I have these great storytelling chops, but guess what? I also have this Mm. analytic background, so it makes you more appealing. Mm. So don't, like, turn your nose up completely at it. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Measurement and analytics, like, that's hugely valuable. The more that you can show that you are operating against whatever the KPIs of the organization are, the better suited you probably are for new opportunities. I mean, I would say, you said you've talked to your boss about this, but I would just do it one more time, but come in with a very structured conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, so I'll, like to Courtney's point, here's the percentage of time I'm spending on this. Mm-hmm. I'd like to ramp up a little bit more of my time here. Now I know that what is required of the, the job is the spreadsheet and the tracking. 
are there other ways I can do more of the storytelling, whether it's shadowing people, whether it's, um, you know, partnering with another team, whether it's taking on an ad hoc project Mm -hmm. outside of, you know, be willing to say maybe even outside of the nine to five or outside of the scope of what you need me to do just to get the experience. Mm -hmm. And then also put like measurable timelines against that. Like, hey, so within the next six months i'd like to put together an action plan that would have me you know cover these types of stories developmentally or do this type of work and frame it in a way when talking to senior level people i always like to figure out what their motivation is like what is the thing that they the thing that they care about the Mm. most and then frame it around that so Mm. if they're very much into like engagement you're tracking so clearly they care about how things are responded to Mm. if you can say like this storytelling will Mm. impact this engagement in this way yeah that's another way to get them oh that's i love that that's a good one and then also you know do that with the boss It's, it's always good to you know give your team a last opportunity to do the right thing basically Mm -hmm. put that timeline up but in the back of your head on your own also put a timeline against like if i don't see these things in this timing here's when i'm gonna start okay because you've been there 11 months right i mean not a whole lot you have the right to move on (laughs) yeah and then also like you mentioned that you do some of this outside of work continue to do those activities we always talk about like work don't need to fill everything girl so good luck to you and keep us posted We have a second question. This one comes from Keshna. Okay. It says, hi, ladies. Next month marks the two-year anniversary of me being at my job. When should one look to move on to the next? I've tried speaking to my supervisor, and I met with dead-end promises. I know where I want to go next, (laughs) but they specifically request not to contact people through LinkedIn. I know the current things I do are not helpful to where I want to go. Help. And then she says her ideal company, which is a tech company. Hmm. Hmm. Well, as far as when you should look, my motto is always be looking. <laughs> always be looking. Always be looking. <laughs> so, I mean, like, keep that LinkedIn updated, mm-hmm. you know, entertain a coffee chat here and there regularly just For so real. that you're staying plugged in. Um, the dead end promises part. <laughs> Same advice, actually, as Alex there, mm-hmm. like, you know, go, have one last ditch conversation, make it a bit more methodical, put some timing against it and align on that timing with your boss and say, hey, this is where I this is what I'm looking to see in the next like three mm-hmm. to six months. Is this a timeline that you think is reasonable? And also, what are the activities I need to do to work towards, you know, that next role or next? Um, I don't know if you're looking for a promotion or a raise. But, you know, what are the activities I need to do to move on to that senior manager position or whatever the case is? What are, you know, three areas I can focus on to set me up for success? Who are three people you'd recommend I talk to? Mm -hmm. Like, just go in very methodical so they know you mean business. And then also you can hold them accountable because if you don't see that stuff start to happen, when you chuck the deuces, nobody's shocked. Right. So, I mean, I would say that. And then... Regarding your search for other companies. Yeah, I was going to say, well, first off, LinkedIn isn't the only way to reach no, people. It sure you isn't. figure out that email format, Hello. that email address format, and you send it straight to that inbox. Mm-hmm. I would also recommend like looking at events mm-hmm. um, and other panels, networking events in that industry, in that space, so you can do that cute little bump into oh, in the street. I need to run into you here. Yes. 
Um, yeah, and then I love LinkedIn for stalking people. Yeah. I mean, you can certainly find their profiles, download their resumes, mm-hmm. study their experiences, and then just target the spaces where they play in. Yeah. And, you know, sure, you can't send them a message on LinkedIn. Can you send them a message on Twitter? Sure. Facebook? Instagram? There you Snapchat? go. Maybe not Snapchat. Yeah, but. and then I would say also, Joy, you really taught me about this, is like not making it just about the job or mm-hmm. just about like, I want to work here. Like make it about them. You yeah. want to learn so much. They're so they're so fascinating. Oh, my gosh. I admire you so much. And yeah. I'd love to just grab coffee or hop on a call to yeah. learn more about all the awesome work you're doing. Mm-hmm. Who could say no to that? So good luck. Keep us posted. Um, You know, I mentioned the Muse earlier. They are a great resource. I would also say think outside the box. So this tech company that you like that's very competitive to get Mm -hmm. into, what is it about that company that you love so much? Keep it as your dream company. We all have them. But are there other similar companies that can check the same boxes? Maybe it's the innovation. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the work culture. Maybe it's the benefits. And you can just target those same criteria with other companies. Good luck. All right, it's that special time of the episode again, Hired and Fired, where we're giving out papers um, to just people in pop culture, business that we see really doing it and doing it well. We Mm -hmm. give them the hired and if then just not so much, not so well, fired. Yeah. So, Joy, you are in the hot seat. I am. And what what's happening? I am hiring today. Okay. You know, we have been talking about how to mobilize our platforms for good today. And I am so inspired by one little lady, Yara Shahidi, who Can is I first... Just- can I just say that? Go, I love go her. ahead. Go ahead. I love her so much. Why do I look up to this teenage child? I don't know. <laughs> I want amazing. to dress like her. <laughs> she is phenomenal. She is just such a ray of positive positivity. And, um, you know, it's just so smart. And so for those who are unfamiliar, Yara Shahidi is a 17-year-old American actress and model. She's known for playing Zoe on Blackish on ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, and her parents are African-American slash Native American and Iranian-American, which is relevant because she you see so much of that influence, mm-hmm. you know, her message and the things that she speaks up about. But... You know, I have to hire her because I'm so enamored with her positivity, her intellect, her personality. She's just a ray of sunshine at such a young age. And what I'm most impressed with her about is that she uses her platforms, whether social media or, you know, offline talks or whatever she receives an award for acting. She uses that moment Mm -hmm. to speak up about injustice, to speak up about social good. And that is just so refreshing to see in a 17-year-old. Yeah. Girl, I don't know what I was doing <laughs> at 17, but it was not that. Lost in the woods. It was so. not that. So, you know, I love her because she's not just playing the woke older sister on Blackish. She really is that. And if y'all want a real treat, look up her TED style activism through art speech on YouTube. She talked about, I think it was in 2016, 
um, representation and diversity in media, why it's important. She connected it to her personal experience. That was at a conference called Points of Life. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really my first foray into sort of her activism. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there's countless other instances. Every time Mama gets an award, she's talking that good talk. So... Kudos to you, um, Yara Shahidi. She's not new to this. She's true to this. Yes. And another thing I love, too, is that I don't know if you remember Obama's, uh, one of his closing speeches. Mm -hmm. He talked a lot about, like, sort of the highest office in the land being that of the citizen. And he talked about youth and the hope that, you know, youth have for future generations. And I think Yara is just such an embodiment of that. Yeah. She just, she gives me hope. She so does. kudos to you, girl. Welcome to the money team. Yes. And side note, if someone could just do like an Instagram account of all of her hairstyles from Blackish, <laughs> I would really appreciate it. I'd, thank you. Want it. <laughs> well, Thank you, guys, for rocking with us for yet another episode. Yes, this is a great, I I feel like the theme is amplifying that voice, lifting that voice. Yes, yes, and we all have ways we can do that. We all have channels, no matter how big, how small. So Mm -hmm. go out this week, use that voice for good. Yeah. Add some positivity to someone's day. You know what? That's going to be our call to action for Mm -hmm. this episode. Put a positive thing out into the world. Come on. Stop being shady all the time. (laughs) (laughs) As y'all know, you can hit us up anytime on the interwebs at Jawblogs. Check out Jawblogs.com for the episode summaries, resources, articles to help you on this professional journey. And you can follow me, I guess. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you just didn't stop being yeah, shady, girl. That's right. <laughs> you know God's working on us all. <laughs> but yeah, follow me at Cleave Out Loud. Mostly on, I don't even know where I am. No, we're, no, I'm we're, lost, listen. you guys. Cleave Out Loud. Lulls. Send me encouragement. That's <laughs> okay. It happens. I am Hamus Parker. I'm pretty chill, too. This move has been taking everything out of me, but... Cash us on the internet, and y'all have an amazing and blessed week. See you next time. See ya. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 